Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Uh, just after five, it's the land of confusion. Who will be the next coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? We really don't have the answer at this point, but we feel like we're getting closer, maybe? Do you feel like they're getting closer? I don't know. I don't know. This Lori Howie thing is throwing me out for a loop a little bit. Hey, I don't mind if it goes on for another two weeks or so. Why is that? Well, I mean, it's fun to kind of figure it out, but I have no idea where they're going. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, it seems the obvious answer right now would be they're very interested in Josh McDaniels. But if Jeffrey Lurie isn't, guess what? He If 300 people are ready to commit to him and that one man isn't, guess what? He's probably not going to be your head coach. So. Yeah, that's kind of where we where we had kind of heard is that um, I, I don't know what to think of that whole story, is that the owner needs to be sold on. Because didn't we all think – Hey, he's the Patriots and Lori's from Boston. Like, there was all that angle, too. Like, he really wants to kind of emulate them. Yeah, who's to say he has as much power as we think he would, though, if he gets here? You know, maybe Josh McDaniels is realizing, like, hey, maybe I'm not viewed around the league as I thought I was, and here's an opportunity. And well, I definitely think he has to He has to know that he has to rebuild his uh, image. He definitely does. So that's why I think he might look at this perspective and go, all right, hold on, maybe there's something here in Philly, regardless of how much power I really have. All right, let's look at that and uh, everything that's happening a week later since the season has been removed. Rob Motti joins us from the Associated Press, covers the Eagles, and he joins us now on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline as the Eagles coaching search continues. How many guys are they up to now, Rob? Like 15? Uh, man, it's a ton of guys. And uh, you, you, one thing you can't say about them is they're rushing this process. They are certainly doing a thorough and exhaustive search for their next head coach. And honestly, guys, I don't have a problem with that. I know a lot of people are poking fun at them for this. And you're seeing a lot of people on Twitter, oh, I'm interviewing next week and I'm interviewing <laughs> tomorrow. I don't, I don't see the rush. Let, let, let them take as much time as they need. they got to get it right, and the, there's no guarantee by taking time. It means they're going to get it right. But i got to give – you know, I'm as critical of the Eagles as everybody, but in this particular situation, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and at this point, it's down between them and Houston. So I don't know how much crossover there is in interviews. They, I feel like they can take their good old time now when it's down to two, but is there for you, Rob, a guy that got away maybe? I like Robert Salah, and I thought that he would be a guy who would be a great fit for Philly, but just because he's a great fit for Philly as far as a defensive guy, I think the mentality of the city is always geared towards a tough hard-nosed leader, defensive guy. But just because I feel that way doesn't mean he was the right fit. And, of course, the Jets scooped him up faster. Uh, I like Brian Dable in Buffalo, but I reported that he was just going to stay put for now. Um, I thought that he had a lot of good credentials for this particular job. You know, I, I look at some of the other names right now. I'm not overwhelmed by anyone, but at the same time, guys, like, who was overwhelmed or excited about Doug Peterson, right? And he won a Super Bowl. And you can go back to Charlie Manuel. That was maybe one of the more criticized hires in Philadelphia sports history, and he won a World Series. So I, I will wait to make my determination and evaluation until I know who they've picked 
and see what that guy can do in two years. Now, when you uh, Dable's my favorite guy. I think he would be a great influence for Carson to work with him. Carson can say, hey, you really worked well with Allen. I'm intrigued. I think that would be a nice story. Are you kind of uh, like raising your eyebrow as to why he's not even interested in taking an interview here? I'm not because I believe that he has some information about the situation, and he's a guy who – most likely next year with another year in Buffalo and the, the confidence that he's got, he has in Josh Allen and his offense to have another successful season, he might be the hottest candidate out there and he can have his pick of situations. So, you know, I, I reported that he wanted to stay put and he was really, he had connections to the Chargers. He has, has connections to Houston, but that seems to be a very undesirable position right now. So I think that factors into it. I, I was able to hop on a call with him yesterday and ask him about how important is the culture, how important is the fit. And he said, yeah, obviously that is very important. And uh, maybe, you know, I don't want to say he didn't want to interview for the Eagles because of what appears to be a dysfunctional front office situation, but you also can't overlook that fact too as well. And I think maybe part of this, exhaustive search that the Eagles are undergoing is to kind of disprove that theory because a lot of us have put out there the fact that, hey, this might not be the, uh, the most attractive job in the NFL. So what happens if they come back and interview 15, 16, 17 people? They'd be like, hey, yeah, you, you all said that this wasn't all that uh, exciting of a, a job. We interviewed all these people who would have been happy to accept this job, and we offered to the, this particular candidate who's the best that we found. The enemy was the most intriguing option around the league prior to all the hirings occurring. What happened? Yeah, it's it's very interesting because his name has picked up steam over the last couple of years. You heard Andy Reid yesterday say tremendous things about him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes says a lot of great things about him. Uh, I've been on a uh, in, in the quarterback coaching summit where I've heard him give a presentation, but I don't know how he interviews. And only teams who interview him can tell you, if they're honest with you, what it is that made them shy away or go in a different direction. I haven't heard anything. I don't know what that is, but that's the only explanation at this point because it's, it seems like, hey, he's worked with one of the best offenses. He's got this great offensive mind. Yeah, why not? He should be the next candidate. So maybe he does end up getting a job in Houston. I'm going to wait until these two positions are filled before you know, we talk about whether or not they, Eric Bieniemy got a job. But it, he certainly, I thought that the Eagles were going to bring him in. Still don't have any confirmation on that as of yet. Uh, we saw the tweet that was put out by his agency yesterday, which was very interesting. And I think it raised a lot of eyebrows down there at the NovaCare facility. So uh, I don't know, guys. I really don't know about Eric Bieniemy right now. Yeah, that's an interesting one. And then, of course, there's Mike Kafka, who seemed like he was intriguing, and then all of a sudden, poof, like a puff of air, not interested anymore. Is that similar to uh, the Brian Dable thing, that maybe he was just not all that intrigued with what's going on here? I, I, I don't have that information, to be honest with you. I don't know that. And, and, I, and I wonder if the Eagles also maybe are shying away from the look of that, the optics of hiring Doug Peterson from Kansas City and then going with another guy like Mike Kafka from Kansas City and overlooking Eric Bieniemy. Like, if you're going to hire somebody from the Chiefs, how could you overlook Eric Bieniemy, pass him over, 
for Mike Kafka. I don't think that's going to look good for any team in the NFL. So uh, I, I wonder if that was played into part of what the Eagles was, are thinking at, at this point. Josh McDaniel seems to be the name with most buzz. What do you think about the reports claiming that Howie Roseman is kind of trying to get Jeffrey Lurie to buy into that? Yeah, I'm not sold on that <laughs> at this point. You know, we, we know where reports come out of at Novacare, okay? We know where they come, and, and they are really good at spinning stories the way they want to sell them. And as Michael Lombardi pointed out last week in a very well-done article for The Athletic, he said NFL front offices are really good at creating a myth that they want to sell as truth, regardless of how much truth or accuracy there is to it. So that just might be a situation where it's trying to be perception. Uh, I would think Jeffrey Lurie and his affinity for the Patriot way would be the one leading the charge for Josh McDaniels. But uh, I don't know otherwise. Uh, I, I just think that may be a little bit of some kind of spin coming out of Novacare. All right. Uh, Rob Motti from the Associated Press. Uh, do you rank Josh McDaniels as the overwhelming favorite, or is he just another guy of the 11 guys who have interviewed at this point? Based on the buzz, I would say he's the favorite. Mike, I wouldn't use the term overwhelming because if he was – they're still continuing with this process, and there's still other guys that they're bringing in. So I wouldn't say overwhelming. I would say he's probably the favorite, and it, it's it's going to be something where, you know, maybe they're waiting for somebody to come in there and just blow them out of the water. And Andy Reid type with that thick – remember the binder that Andy walked in there with, this legendary binder and these uh, meticulous notes on how to run an organization and how to call – uh, how to run practices and news conferences and starting it off with the times yours and the injury and all that. Maybe they're waiting for somebody to blow them away. Uh, at this point, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really put my money down on any particular candidate just yet. All right. Well, what about some of the guys that out of the blue interview today? Dennis Allen, um, the uh, Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore. Uh, Sirianni, I mean, these are guys whose names more was reported about a week or so ago, but Sirianni has come out of right field. Dennis Allen, I mean, are these guys that have a shot? I mean, what do you make of that? I think everybody who interviews has a shot. Sirianni's name intrigues me because he comes from Indianapolis where he's worked with Frank Reich, and if the Eagles are going to move forward and keep Carson Wentz here, it would make the most sense to have somebody who is affiliated with Frank Wright in any way, shape, or form because obviously Carson thrived under Frank Wright. So Sirianni's a name that interests me. Oh, you forgot about Fossil, too, right? He's a name who's going to come in here, a special teams coach who's going to get an interview. Uh, and when you think special teams coach, you go, oh, how about John Harbaugh? He's a guy who made that lump and uh, made that jump and made it so successfully. Uh, could Fossil be that guy? He's had coaching in his blood, in his genes. Sirianni's name is the one that intrigues me the most, and obviously it's because of the connection to Frank Reich. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really interesting. You know, these names are just kind of coming out of nowhere, and you're wondering how many more are there. Yesterday, Todd Bowles. Uh, you know, do they have a list of guys? They're just going to keep on going, and you wonder what's the angle here? Are they trying to get more information? And some of these guys are they interested in other capacities? I mean, uh, and, and then I guess Rob, a lot of roads go down the Deuce Road, and you wonder. I mean, you know, he's the fans' favorite, and I and you know Deuce, you've been around him a lot, and you know, like mm-hmm. I wonder. And I'm not questioning Deuce in his credentials. I'm just wondering, would he be the popular candidate if he didn't play running back for this team a couple of years ago? And you hear, oh, he's been a good soldier. You know, you never. I don't think anybody's ever said, hey, you know what? I want the the running back coach from another team to be my head coach. So, is Deuce in your mind a legitimate top level candidate that they are realistically considering? I think you have to put him in that category, and by doing a search like this, where it is this extensive, and then if you want to sell Deuce Staley to your fan base, you, it's not as if you interviewed. We interviewed four guys, and Deuce was the best among them. If they're sold on Deuce, and they want somebody who has been in the building, who defensive players would run through a wall for. So obviously the offensive players also like this guy. And you want to be able to sell to your fan base or to sell to everyone that he was the best candidate, not just popular, but the best. Well, then it makes sense to interview as many people as possible and maybe have some of those people join the the coaching staff. So I wouldn't discount Deuce Staley because you do have to consider the fact, guys, that This is an organization where you have an owner who's going to be meddlesome and you have a general manager who has a lot of personnel control. And you're going to need a head coach who's going to be fine and okay with that. That's why I think Josh McDaniels may not be a fit. Deuce Staley would be a better fit. So that's what's going to be the most interesting thing for me is who's the guy and how's whoever it is, one of the first questions I know – I'm going to want to ask him is how important is personnel control to you as a head coach? Yeah, I was going to say, I agree with you that you never really know what you're going to get with the new hire, sort of like what we saw out of Doug Peterson. But when you look at Josh McDaniels, you see the history with Denver. You see the backing out with the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, the Patriots without Tom Brady this year, albeit, you know, Cam Newton is what he is, they were limited. Should there be a little bit of concern based off of that history? I think so. You know, when he backs out of a job that ultimately cost the Eagles Frank Reich. They have to sit there. And I know his explanation for that was it was a family situation and they didn't want to uproot, but then you accepted the job a couple weeks prior. So I think that's got to be a little bit of a concern where you ask him, like, what's your commitment level? (laughs) Are we going to find out in a year or two that you don't want to be here anymore? So I think they got to, they really have to to question that. I'll tell you one thing about Josh McDaniels, because the first thing that comes to my mind, when I think of the name Josh McDaniels, it's Tom Brady like cursing him out on the sideline. So that's one thing he's not going to have to worry about here if Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts are his quarterback. They don't have that kind of DNA. All right, Rob Motti, Associated Press, covers the Eagles a long time. And, of course, uh, uh, the article that came out about Carson, you tweeted uh, over the weekend from Jeff McLean. You tweeted, I feel Carson Wentz needs a fresh start and the Eagles need to rebuild. Now, there's been so much talk about Carson, and we wonder after reading that, whether true, not true, whatever, how does Wentz walk back into that locker room and, like, everything's status quo? I mean, no matter what, true or not, he's in a really tough spot. I'll say this. I know Jeff to be an excellent reporter, and I have tremendous respect for him. 
I will also say if you want to write that article a completely different way, you'll find plenty of players who will speak on the record honestly and tell you how much they support Carson Wentz and what they really think of him as a good and a great teammate. Guys like Jason Kelsey, guys like Fletcher Cox, guys like Boston Scott, who I spoke to. So I think that's a matter of who do you want to speak to and how do you want to write it? So, uh, you know, I, I have no reason to doubt that Jeff got a player to say what he said anonymously about Carson. And I have no reason to doubt that Jeff got a most likely former assistant coach who's no longer here to say what he wanted, what he said about Carson in that situation. I just don't think that's the consensus Mm -hmm. in the locker room based on the players who I know, who I trust and who have no reason to lie about it. So, and, and of course, what I know about Carson Wentz and the person he is and the guy that he is. So that's why I don't think it would be a problem for him to walk into that locker room. And I, I still feel like he could be a team leader. I, I do think that Carson Wentz has flaws. He's got flaws on the field, for sure. We've seen that. He had a terrible season. And I'm sure he's got some character issue flaws, as in, can he relate to one through 65 on the roster? The 53 men on the roster and the, the practice squad and everyone else. I know he's close with a certain group of guys, and I understand that. But as the quarterback of a football team, you have to be able to be relatable to the offense, the defense, and special teams. And perhaps that's an area that he's going to need to improve on. I just a few minutes ago got off the phone with a uh, safety for the Green Bay Packers, Adrian Amos. And what he talked about when we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, he talked about his relatability. And I was like, wow, light bulb went off. I'm like, how about that? He's like, Aaron is just so relatable to everybody on the team, makes you want to play for him, do this, do whatever. I wonder if that's an issue with Carson. And if it is, he's got to address it. Yeah, um, and, and I agree. I think that's a great point that you make. If Rob Motti wants to write a story about how much support you're going to find guys who are going to talk. It's not that all 53 men despise this guy or think that he's a problem, um, but some of the things that you're hearing, you do question, can he lead a team if – Guys are saying, hey, he's making us look bad. He's not taking accountability. Those are the things that I think are the most damning, more so than, you know, whatever. He doesn't get along with everybody, which, you know, you're not going to, not everybody's going to like it. You're not going to get along with everybody. But if the, some of the veterans on that team feel like you're not taking accountability, I think that's where I wonder, hey, can you walk back in there and, and have the support of everybody? That's a good point. And it depends on who that veteran player is. And if that's a veteran. Uh, offensive lineman who's outgoing and is known for being selfish. Well, that's one thing. If that's a veteran offensive lineman <laughs> who's going to be part of the team going forward, then you got to address that. I can tell you it's not Jason Kelsey. We know what he thinks about Carson Wentz, yeah. and he said it on the record. So it, I, it really, Mike, it depends on who it is and what their situation is. You know, if it's if it's an outgoing wide receiver who played four games in the past two years. You know, it depends yep. on who it is and who said it. <laughs> that, and, and I think the other part is, you know, it's hard to, to say if he's going out there changing the plagues rogue because he just doesn't want the – I mean, that to me is, is borderline insubordinate. Yeah, and I think that that would be cause for not only benching but suspension. Now, I will tell you this. I've spoken to Doug Peterson, and Jeff is not the one who – reported that they had a fractured relationship in Jeff's article. 
he referred to the ESPN report. So when I spoke to Doug about it, mm-hmm. he just said that that's just – and we spoke about this last week. I, Doug said that's just not the case, that that is not accurate, that's not true, and that he had a good relationship with Carson Wentz. And, and you know, I say that, and then people go, oh, well, and if they're such good friends, how come the offense didn't – they could be – they could have a great working relationship and tremendous respect for one another, and Carson may still feel that the offensive system doesn't fit his strengths, Right. So you can respect someone, have a good relationship with them, bond with them over faith, as they both did. I know that for sure. And still not like the offensive system that he called for him and ran for him. Yeah, where I'm having the problem digesting that killing the play part of the article is, you know, Lori mentions how many times about having an elite offense. And if Carson Wentz is just killing all these plays for the, quote, pissing match with Doug Peterson, and the offense was as putrid as it was, you're telling me Carson Wentz just continues to get trotted out there with nothing? Like It just it doesn't make sense. So I'm having a hard time trying to add that up. Yeah, I, I know that terminology and uh, who uses kind of terminology, pissing match. And, and I, I just think that was agenda-driven, not on Jeff's part, but on the person hmm. giving out that information. I can't imagine Carson Wentz would purposely kill a play to the detriment of the team. I, I, just, I, can't, ima- I can't believe that. I really can't. I, because then you've you got to bench the guy. Then you can't bring the guy back. Then you have to trade him regardless. And by indications are, when you hear that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman are sitting down with candidates saying, how are you going to fix Carson Wentz, which is understandable because of all the money they invested in him, it appears that they're not leaning in that direction. So why would you go in that direction? Why would you want to keep somebody if that is the case? Rob, how much voice did Wentz have on – draft, free agents, the organization. I mean, did he have a loud voice in terms of how this roster looks right now? Well, if he did, he certainly wouldn't have drafted Jalen Hurts. Right? You know, if if he did, he certainly wouldn't have drafted J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And and, uh, I still want to give Jalen Rieger an opportunity. I think he still has a chance. I kind of feel that the Eagles try to fit players into a system and a fit with the quarterback rather than taking maybe the best. So I, his influence wasn't necessarily, hey, Carson, here's our draft board. Who do you want? Because yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Isn't that, kind of, influence, yeah. isn't that kind of what, when Andy was here, wasn't that kind of like, it, you know, it's the system, it's not the players, we draft guys that fit into what we do. I mean, Andy, they didn't draft receivers very well during that era. Now you can say, well, they never won the Super Bowl, but it seemed like year after year, well, they have no receivers, they have no receivers, they have no receivers. And, the, and it, we always were like, the guy's so arrogant that he thinks you could just plug anybody into his system. Yeah, and I think that's part of their failures in the draft is right. that they, they they continue to go in that direction. And they try and fit a guy into a scheme or they try and fit a guy into a need. And I, I do remember Howie Roseman maybe two, three years ago sitting down in that pre-draft. And I said, we just got to take the best player available and not try and take for need. But they never do that. <laughs> and they end up never doing that because they don't take the best player available. So I've had a lot of conversations with some Eagles people about the draft. I'm trying to figure out, guys. 
because we look at the draft failures and we go how glaring and how obvious. And and a lot of people want to point me to go examine all the other teams. We we look at the Eagles, right? But we don't. I'm like, well, I don't cover Seattle. I'm going to go look at Seattle. Well, look at Seattle. They took DK Metcalf, but who'd they take in the first round? Did he pan out? Who'd they take here? Did he pan out? So, yeah, I, I think we we overemphasize the draft as we should because mm-hmm. it's the team that we cover and it's the team in our city. But who's I want to find out who has the most say. How do they go about picking guys? I know how he ultimately is going to take the blame because he's the guy in charge. But what if some of these picks that they've made over the past couple of years were Joe Douglas picks? What if they were someone else's picks and that guy's not here? I don't know that yet. Yeah. I, I, and, look, I know everybody hates Howie and wants him gone. I kind of tend to go with you where, look, Jeffrey said it the other day, and I know people don't hear He says, our track record in 20 years. And that's why Roseman doesn't go. He doesn't just have a knee-jerk reaction because they had a bad season. He says, look, over a 20-year span, the two of us together have had a pretty good run, so I'm going to stick with this guy. And I know it's frustrating for the fans to hear, but they know they're not winning a Super Bowl every year. They want to be competitive every year, and they've pretty much accomplished that as a duo. You're right. I mean, they won a Super Bowl three years ago, so it's hard to look past that. And, And we do because, you know, we analyze the team. But the role of a general manager has evolved. And I, now I sound like a Howie apologist, which is the last thing <laughs> I really am. But, but the, the truth of it is, is that the role of a GM has evolved beyond just the draft, just signings. And there are aspects of Howie's job that he does very well. And that's why I wanted to say, I asked Jeffrey, like, hey, all right, there's, there's so much involved here. Maybe have somebody take care of the draft if Howie's not doing the yeah. best at that, but he's doing so much better at these other areas. And, and you can have different guys handle different parts. You can afford that on your billion-dollar payroll. It's okay. Well, you keep uh, pushing that agenda. I like that one there, Rob. That's got somebody <laughs> else out there to make the pick. He's Rob Motti. Uh, you can follow him at Rob Motti on Twitter uh, from the Associated Press this Eagles offseason. It's given us a nice ride here because it's going to be interesting. Who are they going to sign to be uh, hire to be the coach? The free agency, the draft. We got plenty more. And Rob, we always appreciate your time, man. You got it, fellas. Have a great day. And he, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. So uh, Rob Motti, very plugged in. He actually, if you go to uh, his Twitter feed at Rob Motti, you could see his interview with Brian Dable as to why Brian was not all that interested in interviewing with the Philadelphia Eagles. He. Talked right from the horse's mouth. Yeah, he had a lot to say. And and my big takeaway was, you know, he's so right. If you wanted to go into that locker room and into that organization asking people positives on Carson, you can get the exact opposite of that story. Yeah. It's a great point, but those negatives do exist. Oh, for sure. Keep that in mind. For sure. How many, though? Is that one guy giving you all the quotes? Well, he seemed to know who quoted that pissing match. Sure did. WinBet's arrived in Jersey. Download BetWin. Go to winbet.com. Sign up. Start winning. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be in Jersey. 21 or older. All right. When we come back, it's a Tuesday with Thompson. You don't want to miss this. We have the PT caught red-handed. It was his hair. No, I'm just kidding. Sports Bash. It's Sixers basketball tomorrow on 97.3 ESPN with the voice of the 76ers, Tom McGinnis, calling all the exciting play-by-play action. He's been able to make the plays to-
ESPN and the free mobile app. Hayes on the left wing wall. Looking at the net, Kevin Hayes juke. He scores! The overtime winner by Kevin Hayes. South Jersey's Flyers Station. On a Tuesday with Thompson, the PT is here. Pete Thompson. Of course, every Tuesday, it's a Tuesday with Thompson. Right here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. And a Tuesday with Thompson. We will uh, get into his uh, thoughts in just a minute. Yeah, you caught me dancing over here, huh? I was jamming out. I didn't even recognize you were uh, trying to look at me. Phil Collins. Yeah. You know what's great about this weekend, though, Gil? This UFC fight, it's going to be amazing. Conor McGregor in the octagon. DraftKings is allowing new users to bet $1 on McGregor to win by first-round knockout. And if he does, you'll be cashing $257. That's outrageous. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 973 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So I was driving around this uh, weekend listening to uh, the locker room. Yeah, it's a great show. And heard this on my drive. But you know what, PT? It's a lot of fun. There's nothing like yes. Can I have hotcakes only? Hotcakes with sausage only, and a sausage biscuit, no egg. Two sausage biscuits, no egg. Here we go, Billy. You're getting this live on the radio. Is he in a drive-through right now, Peter? (laughs) Michael Brooks. Oh man, I just knew that was going to resurface again and again and again. You're hungry, you're hungry. You can't miss your opportunity at the window. And I saw a nice picture of you. I mean, you look nice, trim, and slim, and here you are at the Mickey D's window ordering hotcakes. (laughs) Hotcakes aren't going to hurt you. A couple hotcakes aren't going to kill you, you know? It is funny because, uh, you know me, when I get flustered, Gil, I I actually screwed up that order, and then when I got to the window, (laughs) I had to fix the order. (laughs) Wow, so what did you screw up? Yeah, Yeah, what were you going for, and what did you accidentally order? I, I believe I said sausage biscuit, no egg. Well, the sausage biscuit doesn't have an egg, you moron. It's a sausage biscuit, a sausage biscuit. What she wanted was sausage McMuffin, no egg, is what she wanted. So Oh, so it wasn't even sure that, Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even yours. It was the uh, other. It was the other. You can't you can't screw up your girl's order, man. You screw that up. That's the one thing you have to get right. Your food could be wrong. Uh, you know, Michael's food could be wrong. Anybody's food could be wrong. But you got to get your food. Her food, correct, or else uh, don't come in the house. So, let's see, when you talk about flustered, I was thinking Billy Schwein because if you give an answer like that and Schwein doesn't have it like in the notes section and you go off topic, he can't regroup. Now, it was just funny because, like, uh, um, you know, I, I you, send the text. You, were you just like a random call, like check-in? What, what, were, you, uh, what were you on there for? Uh, the scenario is this. I was, uh, you know, trying to get the McDonald's before they switch from breakfast to lunch. Of course, I turn on the car radio to listen to my favorite radio station, 97.3 years. And uh, I was listening to Billy and Broads, and in the commercial break, I wanted to text them, you know, some information and make sure they knew about it. And so I texted Broads, but I hadn't heard back from him, you know, in like 0.6 seconds. So then I also forwarded it to Billy. And then that got in his head, and that was a mistake because then Billy's like, oh, yeah, the birthday boy. I wanted to wish him a happy birthday, you know. So then he's kind of doing the live shout-out where, well, if he if he could call us, you know. So then I'm thinking, like, well, I'm about to go through the drive through but if they are talking flyers, I guess I better call and I'll take my chances. And sure enough, perfect storm right as I'm at the speaker, you know. 
Can we can we play yeah. the audio again, Gil? I, I think it's just outrageous. <laughs> but you know what, PT? It's a lot of fun. There's nothing like yes. Can the I Flyers... have hotcakes only? Hotcakes with sausage only, and a sausage biscuit, no egg. Two sausage is biscuits, he... no egg. Is Here we go, a... Billy. You're getting this live on the radio. Is he in a drive-through right now? Oh, I'm like, losing it over here. I, I like how PT just ordered flawlessly and then said, here you go, Bill, you're getting this live on the radio right now. Yeah, like that's what you want in your guest. Um, yeah, I mean, it. look, and the funny thing is, is not only did I screw up her order, I really only wanted hotcakes only, you know, but because I had said hotcakes with sausage, hotcakes only, then I actually ended up getting two orders. So I had to eat a fourth pancake. But, hey, say lovey. So uh, what would you think of that Flyers effort last night? It made me want to regurgitate the hot cake. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, give them right back. Uh, that's just, uh, I got to tell you, that, that that's it's been a while since I've watched a stinker, a clunker. You call it what you want to call it. But um, the warning signs were there. You know, I mean, even when they beat Pittsburgh 6-3 and 5-2, uh, they had said, like, hey, we're, we have some issues with our five-on-five play, and, boy, were those issues exposed last night. I mean, they're they're giving up way too many shots. They're turning the puck over. You know, I mean, there, there was one series, there was one period of time, and I think it was Gustafson that ultimately had, like, the, the third turnover on top of a turnover on top of a turnover, where it was like the Flyers could were turning the puck over in their own end, but then the Sabres would turn it over right back to them. And finally, when – Gustafson got to the bench. Mike Yo came over and kind of put his hands on his shoulders. And, you know, he had to whisper, whisper in his ear, like, yo, dude, like, relax. Make the smart play. Like, what are you doing? Because uh, they were completely out of sync. And, and that's a little frightening to me. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And you saw the loss of Sean Couturier defensively. You see the loss of Matt Niskanen in this decor has scared me right from the jump. But tonight's telling. And I think this team... And maybe my expectations are wrong. As much as I have concern about this decor, I think this team is a different Flyers team. So I expect them, after hearing what Elaine Vigneault said yesterday afterwards, I expect them to come right back tonight and bounce back and give you a great effort, a little sense of urgency. And then we're talking 3-1 and one after 4, and I think we feel a lot different compared to another loss, and now we're 2-2, two and two and like, who knows? You know, like This game tonight is very telling. Uh, very much so. And, of course, it will be Moose and Goal. Uh, they put, and I heard Gil talking about that earlier in the day, about, you know, why didn't they just, he wanted to see it in the other direction. I mean, once you got to four, there's no reason to leave Carter Hart out there to get shelled when it was 4 nothing. And, and, you know, uh, Hart had been actually pretty good very, very early in last night's game. But then once he got bad, he got bad in a hurry. They got bad in a hurry. And, and uh, I just look at it like this. Um you know, their attitude, you're right, bro, their attitude tonight and the, and how they come out, you know, um, will say a lot about this team, I think, because, uh, look, uh, they probably overlooked a winless Buffalo. They probably thought that they could just uh, get out there and give a little bit of effort and, and be fine, and, and Buffalo exposed, especially their top line. So uh, I love, I actually really enjoy so far, I mean, it's only been a couple of games, but I like seeing the opponent you know, a couple times in a row. I like the chippiness develops, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe some of those battles intensify and hold over to the next one. So, you know, that that's a big thing for me tonight is, you know, obviously they know uh, Eichel and Hall and Reiner are the top line, but, you know, the line that killed them last night was Skinner, uh, Sheehan, and Lazar. I mean, that, that the Sabres fourth line absolutely killed the Flyers, whatever line they were matched up against. Uh, it's a Tuesday with Thompson. The PTs here. Um so, PT, give us a 
uh, overview of your thoughts on this Eagles head coaching search. They're up to 11 today. I think they interviewed um, three other guys today, Kellen Moore, Dennis Allen, somebody else. I mean, yeah, what good, is good old Nick? Good old Nick Sirianni. It doesn't Nick roll off Sirianni. your tongue. I don't know if they interviewed him today or if they requested to, but I mean, they're still going. I mean, Jim Fossil's son, right? Jim Fossil's son. My goodness, I didn't hear that one. I just know that, like, my initial reaction too is this. Um, you know, when I heard the McDaniel's name and I heard like the fans or the Flames heating up on that one, I'm not a I'm not a fan of that. I'm sure he's a good football mind, but. You know, that, that's completely opposite of what Jeffrey Lurie said when he hired Doug. When he hired Doug, he wanted to, he didn't want another Chip Kelly. He wanted somebody that could relate to all the people in the building and all this. And, and by all accounts and, and everybody you talk to, McDaniels is a brilliant football mind, but, you know, his bedside manner is, is not really uh, up to snuff. So I, I don't know that, you know, and then you see the thing where, oh, well, uh, Lurie's got to be talked into hiring him, talked into hiring him. I mean, you either want the job or you don't. But um, I, I know that there are people that are panicking because they think, oh, my God, oh, my God, everybody else has got a coach. We don't have a coach. I mean, Houston's a dumpster fire. But other than that, you know, we're going to be the, the mini dumpster fire and they got to get a coach. And what's the rush? You know, I mean, D- Doug was the overlooked guy. Well, I'm glad you, know? you feel and, that way, Peter. I'm glad. I figured that you would be on the other direction. Well, I mean, I, I hate having to answer the question every day, like when people are texting you or, or see you in person. Like today, we actually were in school in person. So I had people coming up to me and asking me who I thought the next Eagles coach was going to be. And again, you know, check with me in another hour. We'll see who the next name is. Keep in mind, last head coach hired last year was Kevin Stefanski. So, yeah, he did pretty well. Pretty you know, good. I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't matter if you're hired first or last. It just matters if you get the right guy. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we want to wish a belated happy birthday to the PT. He turned 50 years old. Now, I put a Pretty post up on my Facebook page. I tried to find 50 pictures of the two of us. I came up short. I had 33 pictures. Now, I had more, but some of them were repetitive, so I didn't keep going. But uh, happy 50th birthday. How did you spend it? I uh, had a nice day. I went to the gym, first of all, and instead of – I did a whole hour on the elliptical, so I was listening to a nice little uh, little program there and just kept going and going and going, and then I went out and had some dinner uh, Saturday night with uh, Susan and Michael, a quiet little dinner. They they gave me, you know, no birthday cake, but they gave me this brownie that, you know, is full of sugar, so I really couldn't eat it. I just had a couple spoonfuls. Everybody else had the rest, but it was a nice night. It was a nice, quiet turning of 50 and uh yeah i I appreciated your post very much mg i I was impressed that you were able to even find 33 pictures of us and we looked pretty sober in most of them (laughs) (laughs) well we were working in most of them i know i know that's true has that stopped Pete thompson before Oh, uh, you don't mix. I mean, you know, listen, <laughs> maybe in the last segment, oh, you know. Uh, there'll five, be a couple five stories. 545, no. 545, sure, you could have one in the last segment. <laughs> right, right. Well, there'll be a couple stories. Now, my birthday is Sunday, Peter. We hope to see you on Saturday. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. I've got it all planned out, and I've even spoken to a, a certain member of your extended family who is uh, also going to be there as well. Uh, I'll just uh, – I'll put it at that. You know, Whoa. is that some, a surprise? Is that for a you? surprise for me? I, I'm not. No, I aware. don't think so. I mean, you invited him, but you know, he's actually going to attend. So. Wow. Well, that that I don't. I know I've invited some people that said, you know, I'm trying to keep it small, so you got to be a select. You know, we are going to be outside though. We're not going to let people inside. Fine. 
So that's fine. Dress Gotta warm, Peter. Yes, dress warm, yep. Peter. All right, All right, PT. I will. All right, guys. Good hey, to catch up. We'll ha- happy birthday, Friday, belated again. Thanks. We'll see you Thanks. on uh, Saturday. Okay. Oh, uh, and I'll talk to you on Friday, right? Are we doing a happy hour? We're doing happy hour Friday. Okay. Sounds good. Take yeah. care, guys. But you know what, PT? It's a lot of fun. There's nothing like yes. Can the I have hot cakes only? Hot cakes with sausage only, and a sausage biscuit, no egg. Two sausage is biscuits, he, no egg. Is Here he you go, a, Billy. You're getting this live on the is radio. Is he in a drive-through right now? I mean, were you shocked? A little bit. He just st- one more time. He cut off Bill. I mean, just Bill was like, "Yeah, Flyers hockey, giving you that," and he just flat out went right to the order. Come on. But you know what, PT? It's a lot of fun. There's nothing like yes. Can the I Flyers- have hot cakes only? Hot cakes with sausage only, and a sausage biscuit, no egg. Two sausage biscuits, no egg. Is he Billy? You're getting five on the radio. Is he in a drive-through right now? That's priceless. Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN. PT's back for Happy Hour Friday. We got five. We, we need like an opening. Like, yeah, we have football at four. We need a PT one, and yeah. then we have to have that somehow inserted. I can do that. Or something of that nature. I can do that. We got the football at fours freshened up. Yeah. No, no more Dougie Bees no. <laughs> and Carson Wentz. Even though Wentz is still on the team, I feel like his approval rating is a little low. Yeah, I was at the mall the other day, and I saw all the like the models, things of that nature. You see a little bit of a drop-off in price for those Carson Wentz items. <laughs> we got the five next. It's Philadelphia Flyers hockey tonight on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app with Tim Saunders. All right, time for five questions to get ready to wrap up the show. Don't forget, game night's up next. Kevin Durso, our Flyers insider, previews tonight's Flyers-Sabres game and kind of goes over what went wrong yesterday. Can't wait. He's the best. He really is. We were texting last night. This morning a little bit. I had my coffee. I'm like, Durse, <laughs> what's going on here, dude? You know, we're not happy. But, uh, all right, are you all in? Question one. All in, 60 minutes, pucks deep. Get on the four check. Are you in tonight? Get on the four check. Yeah, get in in there. F1, get in there. Take away time and space. It's a small NBA card. There's only two games. The college card's a little light. I'll probably at least check in. They gave me what they gave me last night, though. I'm back out. Okay, I'll give you that. If you see that effort going, I'll give you that. All right, so. Here's your question. Do the Flyers bounce back with a victory tonight? Yeah, I think I think so. Okay. Um, you know, you, you, the coach kind of called him out last night. He did? He did. He did, A.V. He threw himself in the mix, though. That Elaine Vino. He threw himself I, in the mix. He you, said the players and the coaches, of which I'm one of them. Yeah, should be embarrassed, he said. Now, the pronunciation of his name, I always go Elaine Vino. But it's Elaine Vino. How do you? What, what do you go with here, AV? Do you go nickname? Do you think it's weird that the reporters go, "Hey, Hartsey, how'd you feel about the win?" They go nickname sometimes at these guys. It's hockey. Rob Voracek, Mike mean, Sielski. You how about to. you score? Instead of worrying about all this nonsense after uh, the games on social media, go score. Who? Voracek. Yeah, that was a little. Uh... Your thoughts. Mm. I just threw a lot at you at once. We'll yeah, stick with the I was Sielski. Like, wait a second. 
Yeah, you're talking about from the weekend. Yeah. Where Voracek went after Sealski. Yeah, I, what do you, what's your vibe on that? I'm imagining someone in the PR department let them know that that's, that's not good. The NHL look, it looked into it a little bit. I didn't see any final hammer down, but they looked into it in terms yeah, of a fine. Yeah, you can't set the precedent that it's okay for the players to just start flipping out on guys. Well, so my one buddy is so pro-media, which is ironic because he comes after me sometimes, but he thinks if a media member can write a story about Voracek, why can't Voracek then come after you and give you a little bit of that own energy? Because, you know, he write an opinionated piece on him. You address it elsewhere. I agree with that. That's you what say, I said. hey, to the PR guy, can you pull that guy aside? I'd like to talk to him about the piece he wrote. You don't do that. I agree with you completely. I agree with you completely. That's that's too far. Yeah, that too, went too far. It did. All right. Does Captain Claude get on the score? I got a tonight? text message at two o'clock in the morning from my buddy who sent me that. Oh yeah. 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 It was uh it was pretty wild. I was almost like jaw dropped when I saw. It. I'm like, where did this come from? Yeah. Four checks and nothing. I'm opening my Poshmark. Box. Yeah. Look at you. Like I'm trying to get a good segment in here of questions, and you're just. Knife in your hand trying to open this box. It's a golf tee. It's a golf tee? Yeah. You know, I saw this thing, by the way. It's a golf tee with flavor. So you can, you like chew on, you kind of like a toothpick while you Great play. Idea. Yeah, they have cinnamon, apple, and they, or apple, cinnamon, and they have uh, like a wintergreen. Would you be in, interested in that on the, yeah, on the links? I like that idea a lot. Yeah. It's actually kind of genius. I mean, love it. All right, well, question four what the hell's in the box? I'm finding out right now. Like a couple WV shirts. How do you know that, though? Because I ordered them. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you... Well, you order so much, you got so much constantly flying in here. Yeah, because I see where it came from. Bridgeport, West Virginia. That'll do it. That's where it was mailed from. So what'd you get? Let's I'm see. excited. Probably either a zip-up or a polo. Oh. Wow, that's a nice item. I love the gray. If you're watching on the YouTube channel. Wow. I love the gray. In the black. Nice item. That's a nice one. All right, what's option number two here? Subtle. Oh, okay. I like the other one more, but I'm not against that one. That one's okay to me. Very subtle. The black one is fresh. Oh, it's got the Nike on the logo. That's what I was looking for because it's blank in the front. Where? The the Nike logo's on your right sleeve here. Yeah. Nice item. That's nice. Are you one of those guys where you get that? That means tomorrow you're wearing one of those shirts. Possible. Yeah, I'm normally one of those guys. If I'm buying something, most likely I'm putting that on the next day. Who scored the goal for the Flyers last night? Nick uh, Obey Kubel. Ah. He ended up punching someone in the face afterwards and getting four minutes in the box. I was hoping it was a little JVR with the misdirection. No, JVR, tough one for him. Konechny, tough one for him. So, there you go. We got the Flyers game tonight on 97.3 ESPN. Coming up next, game night. Kevin Durso. Is Durso at the Fargo Center tonight? I think he lives there. He's in. Well, this year it's a little touch and go with how many people are allowed in there. Yeah. But Durso is a fine reporter. He's in there tonight. He's got a live call in tonight at 620. He'll explain what happened last night and how they fix it tonight. That's tonight at game night 620 right here. Previewing the Flyers and Sabres. Tim Saunders, Steve Coates have the call. 7 o'clock, 97.3 ESPN.